Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey Jody, how are you doing today? Hello Paul, how are you? I'm doing well, fantastic. Um, Today's topic is the cost of health, achieving and maintaining your goals and the impact it has on your finances. Um, one of the things, uh, before we go into the topic today, I wanted to mention that we're, we hit our 30th podcast episode, Jody. I think we both realized that uh, last week. It kind of snuck up on us. So I think ding, that ding, was very ding, cool ding, 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 ding. that we got 30 of these things done. And it, we were able to uh, have 30 different topics, all pretty unique. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We continue to get great feedback from people. Uh both via email, I get text messages from, from friends and family that listen, etc. So thank you all for listening. Um, Jody, anything to add? Yeah, we'd love to have your feedback. We want to hear well, we want to hear more from you guys. Um, you know, we we love seeing the metrics of people who are listening and and seeing the counts go up and all, but we we want to hear from you guys. So post up on the Facebook page or send us an email. Let us know what we're doing. You know, we posted a poll on the Facebook page last week about what topics would you like to see us cover, you know, so let us know that feedback and, and tell us, you know, get involved in the podcast as well. We want to hear from you guys. Good point. And we've been dressing up, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, the Facebook page, right? So if you go to financialdads.com, I'm still amazed that we were able to get that URL when we did. Um, but you go to financialdads.com, it takes you directly to our Facebook page. We're posting the different stories of the week there. And so there's a lot of content that we're going to keep pushing there. So uh, stay tuned. Um, but talking about the news stories, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. So the first story that we're looking at uh, is from the, let's see, it's from Money Magazine, money.com. And it's talking about five things to do now if you want a new job in 2020, according to career experts. So this is very timely. This is our first podcast of the new year. And I thought the article was pretty interesting. A lot of common sense takeaways from in there, uh, making sure your resume is the best it can be and up to date, um, starting at the top, reworking it if you can. I had to do that a number of years ago, Jody. My resume became very stale and very out of date. Uh, not only from a um, from a content perspective, but also from a style perspective. So I spent a lot of time kind of rebuilding it from the ground up, and I learned my lesson from that. So I, I take a, a cue from this uh, article, and I actually update my resume on a regular basis just to make sure it, it stays fresh um, and at the ready, uh, just in case I need it for whatever reason. Jody, what is your take on this story this week? Yeah. I think the the main point of the story here was that uh, this time of year is a good time for job hunters. Um, I personally think that it's never a bad time to be hunting for a new job if you want a new job, uh, except maybe for like August where everybody seems to be away on vacation or December when people are preoccupied with holidays and things like that. But um, I actually had a, uh, a former coworker used to tell me that he never stopped looking for a job, that he would literally – the, the first day of a new job or maybe day two, he would update his resume with the new position and then immediately get it ready for the next time he was going to be job hunting and would start going on appropriate job interviews almost immediately. Um, the reason being is not that he was hunting for a new job, but that he was preparing, as he said, for the 
for the inevitability of the current job ending. Um, and while that may be a doom and gloom um, sounding kind of an approach, he was very optimistic about it. He's saying, look, you know, look, I know that every job doesn't last forever. And even the best jobs won't last forever. Um, you will eventually get to a point that maybe you want to leave. They want to get rid of you. Something will happen in the economy, um, you know, conditions out of your control. Um, so his, his attitude was always be ready for the next step. Um, so I thought that was, that was really smart of him. And I've, I've sort of always brought that forward, um, in, in my attitude. Um, the other thing that I just wanted to mention here is, is when you're going on a new job hunt, uh, or when you're evaluating when to take that, uh, next new job, um, make sure that you factor in when you're talking about salary specifically, make sure that you're taking into account hidden budget costs that you might have. And I give you a, for instance, you know, um, I've been, I've got calls over the last three years while I've been running this business that I have, um, from people saying, Hey, I heard, and, I, and would you like to come in for an interview? And, um, I always, uh, and I haven't gone any on any interviews yet because frankly, I'm just not interested. I'm just having so much fun. Um, but the one thing that I've always thought of was if I were to take a new job that I would have to factor in, um, the hidden costs of, if I were going back to Manhattan and that would be specifically commuting to New York city on the long Island railroad, that would cost me an additional five or $6,000 a year out of pocket just for the transportation. So any salary that I would, um, look at, um, I'd have to bump that salary by at least five or six grand just to make it make sense. Um, and, and not have that cost coming out of my pocket. It sounds, and that's very good, Jody. It sounds like we have another podcast idea in the works. Um, the job hunt. Oh, there's always another podcast in the works. <laughs> and I think there's a lot that could be learned here because that's one thing that I think me and you have both had in terms of experience in our fields is we've had many different jobs and we've had to get many different jobs and interview for many different jobs. So I think we could bring a lot of credibility to the table in terms of um, what you should be doing and what you should not be doing because I have a lot of lessons learned as well. So stay tuned. I think that'll be another podcast. Um, the second story that we're going to talk about today is how many Americans break their financial resolutions. This was in a, a small uh, a paper, I think, called Missoulian, if I pronounced it right. Um, so it's a very interesting story. It talks about um, New Year's resolutions, right? Some people will say, do not make them. Um, I'm still a big believer. You know, you want to start fresh. If that's your motivation to start fresh, uh, the start of the new year, go for it. In terms of financial, uh, they talk about in the article that uh, millennials um, are putting are trying to put resolutions in place to putting money into savings. Um, Generation Z and millennials are also looking at sticking to budgets and paying bills on time, which that was an interesting one. I, I didn't realize that was the country is in that kind of shape where a resolution has to be paying your bills on time. But I, I guess that that's where we are at. So um, so for me, what I, my takeaway from the story was that, you know, as they say in the story, make realistic resolutions uh, and make uh, small baby steps towards achieving those goals. Um, so if you're looking to save, start with $20 a week or $5 a week. We've talked about this on many different podcasts where you start with $5 and make it a challenge. Next week, $10 a week. The following week, 20 hours a week, right? Whatever it, $20, um, $20 a week, I should say. Whatever it takes to uh, motivate you, uh, go for it. So Jody, what is your take on this story? 
Yeah, I, I love this article. Fully agreed with everything you just say there, Paul. You know, there is a psychological uh, value to the new year and a new start and a clean slate, and that's all great. I mean, if you need an external um, motivation to get your act together, well, then take advantage of January 1. Um, and just like you said, adjust your goals to your situation. I think that's the big downside to it. People make these resolutions and they say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Well, you know what, when you, when you start out and then you lose a pound, you're like, oh, forget it. You know, after you're a month in, it's like you're one pound down. It's like, ah, oh, mind, And you quit. Adjust your goals to your situation and bite it off in little pieces. I'm going to save $5 a week. I'm going to lose two pounds in January. I'm going to, you know, do, do those little small things. And if you're a total mess or if you think you're a total mess, then starting small is going to get you going. It's just like paying off that little tiny credit card debt first. The whole reason is the psychological evaluation, uh, the psychological value of maybe I need a psychological evaluation, the psychological value <laughs> of, of accomplishing something really fast, really quick and relatively painlessly. Um, get that first goal down, um, and then move on to the next one and the next one and the next one, build up that momentum, um, over time, um, and, and put a, put some points on the board for yourself. Um, so, and then once you get into better shape, you can become more aggressive and the, the cause the reality is you have to ask yourself where you're going to be a year from today, but you can't accomplish what's going to happen a year from today. Today, you need to accomplish what's going to happen tomorrow today. Very cool. Very cool. So that, that was a great uh, summary of that story and great insight, Jody. Um, I think now um, we'll move on to our weekly topic, right? The cost of your health. This is an interesting one. Um, I had a lot of thoughts on it, Jody, when you brought it up. And then I was at the gym the other day um, and I kind of poured out a bunch of notes for myself and a bunch of thoughts on this topic, right? So for me, my view when it comes to health and money is that health is always got to be a top priority and you really I know this is an old adage but you really can't put a price on health and I didn't realize that till a number of years ago um, I didn't really care about health whatsoever <laughs> uh, earlier in my life until about uh, I guess it started December of 2011 and we've talked about this on a previous podcast between December of 11 and December of 12 I lost over 100 pounds and so it was something that took, as you said before at the top of the podcast, focus and discipline and all these other things. But what I realized is that you can't put a price on health. So at one point, um, I had two gym memberships because going to the gym was a high priority for me. And I had a gym membership for, uh, for the weekends uh, near my home. And I used to use that same gym membership in New York City. But then I worked for a company that had their own gym, so and I had a, and I paid for that gym. Plus, I paid for my other gym, and my wife was like, "Why do you have two gym memberships?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I want to do it for convenience because if I can work out at work, that's even a, a bigger bonus, right? And I also need the gym for the weekends. So I really wanted to make sure that kind of a belt and suspenders approach to have multiple gym memberships to make sure no matter where I was." Um, that week I could work out, right? And then I started getting into uh, body and mind um, exercise in terms of yoga. And that's an additional cost, right? So I pay uh, X amount per week and I try to go every week, if not every other week, to um, heated yoga. Uh, that's what I, that's my thing, is heated yoga plus the gym. So on top of that, I focus on 
food and, and buying good food. We don't have a lot of junk food in our house, a lot of fresh fruits and, and, and nuts and berries and, and such. So for us, those things are probably more expensive than Twinkies or Yodels or cookies. But we buy good food for the house, even good ice cream if there's such a thing, right? We try to buy the healthier stuff. And I'm not necessarily a big organic person uh, and hooked on organic food, but I try to buy really good food. And we don't do a lot of fast food. I don't, I hardly eat any fast food. And if we do any kind of fast food, it's fast casual where the food is much more uh, has a lot more nutritional value than your typical fast food chain. It feels so, like real food. I it mean, really does. It's not real food. It's you can look at it and you're like, okay, this did not come out of a box. Yeah, absolutely. And someone told me that a long time ago. If you, if it came out of, if it was manufactured or it came out of a box, it's probably not the healthiest for you. Um, that being said, that's probably for a whole other podcast where we could dig deep into organics and get off topic. But from a financials perspective, I really do believe that you can't put a price on health. So I keep that first and foremost in my budget. Uh, I'm, once again, I'm thankful and grateful that I could do that. But we really do try to uh, make sure that uh, health is at the top of our priority list when it comes to life and, and, financial, and finances. So Jody, what's your current situation when it comes to the cost of your health? Well, I think when, when people start thinking about their health, especially this time of the year, they all, their mind always goes to the gym. They always start by thinking of the gym. I got to get to the gym. I got to lose some weight. And that's not, as you ran through that list, Paul, that's not only what we're talking about here. Sure, we, I go to the gym too. I get up early and go to the gym in the morning. That's become my routine. I've done that probably for the last 10 years. I am by no means, even though I'm in the gym regularly, I'm not a gym rat. You know, I'm not ripped, even though maybe sometimes I wish I was. Um, you know, I could still stand to lose 10 pounds, uh, and I'll figure out how to do that. And maybe this is the year I, I do it. Um, but the point being is I go to the gym for my daily routine just to keep me healthy, to keep my body moving, to keep my muscles in shape, to keep my joints in shape. Sure. I want to lose some weight, but it's also about making sure that I don't age prematurely. Um, you know, you, you I, I look around, not just at the, the generation um, that is our, our parents' generation, but um, even our own generation. You see so many people who have health problems, um, whether it's joints, bones, um, internal internal problems, you know, through whatever type, whether it's disease or whether it's, you know, brought on by yourself. Um, you, you see people with health problems at such young ages. And I look at, I go, I don't want to be that. I, I can't be there when I'm, you know, when I'm 70 and 80 and 90, hopefully, um, I, I don't want to be, you know, walking around with a cane or, oh geez, in a wheelchair or, you know, not able to walk up a flight of stairs or, so I, I do the gym and the, and the health thing just to make sure that I'm maintaining, um, what I've got. Um, and then I balance, we balance that off with diet and, and you went through a great list, Paul. That's, that's really more important than anything is, is making sure you're eating good food. Um, uh, you know, health um, professionals will tell you that if you're losing weight, it's not about what you're taking off. It's about what you're putting in. Um, and, and balance is more important than anything. Um, you know, I did quit drinking, uh, probably about a year and a half ago. I haven't had anything to drink in uh, about 18 months. 
Um, I feel great. I haven't had a hangover in 18 months, which is amazing. <laughs> I still eat. I still eat some junk food. You know, I eat some ice cream and, and my wife is an amazing cook. So, you know, we're certainly not starving. Um, it's, and I think it's important to enjoy your food um, as well as eat healthy. Um, and, and you can do that. You know, it's not all about, you know, stripping the fun stuff out of your cupboards to make sure that you eat nothing but, you know, kale and banana chips or whatever. Um, so you got to have fun. So you got to find that balance, I think. Yeah, no, I think you hit a number of things on the head um, in terms of, and I'm going to tie it back to the financials a little bit, um, preventative maintenance, right? That's what we're talking about here. And preventing the cane, preventing diabetes, preventing some of these things that will take you down financially. Uh, even if you have great health insurance, you'll be, you'll, you might miss work. Um, you might need to have caretakers. You might need to have extra help around the home. Um, so the more preventative maintenance you could do on your body, the better, right? So I think that's key. Another thing that came into my mind as you were speaking was around, um, I'm going to call them gym thoughts. What I love about the gym, especially if I'm doing a repetitive, um, focused uh, elliptical or spin bike or I'm at yoga class or I'm running, um, whatever that is, it takes me to a place where sometimes I'll get to work and or I'll send an email after that class and I'll dump out an entire idea that I didn't have before because the gym allows me to focus or that exercise or that yoga routine allows me to focus on maybe a business idea or a thought I may have to resolving a problem that I'm up against at work. So I think that the gym could also pay off financially in terms of that work and I'm going to call it work-life balance because um, most people that I know um, who work in New York City, they're not really working out as much as they could be. And that's not a bad thing. It's a circumstantial thing. Um, and, and once again, it's up to everybody and their own uh, life to handle how they want to do this. But for me, going back to the prioritization, the gym has always been a priority. So no matter when I switch jobs, travel with jobs, whatever it is, I make time as part of the schedule to do that working out. And I think it's paid off for me financially, both health-wise and business-wise. So um, I think there's some interesting points there. And for me, I, I think I am at a point, I would like to drop those 10 pounds or 15 pounds, but um, it's kind of slow and steady wins the race. And right now, I'm really concerned about being healthy. I think that's the key. So I guess jumping into some of the discussion topics for today, um, we have a, a kind of a short list of things that we're going to um, kind of go back and forth on. But the first one is gym memberships and personal trainers. So for me, um, the gym memberships, as I said at the top of the podcast, are very important to me. Um, right now, I do only have one. I pay extra to be able to use any gym in that particular chain. So if I'm on business travel or if I'm in New York City or I'm near my home, I can always find a gym in that chain nearby for me to work out. And I make it a priority every day to go to that gym. And I think I get my money's worth out of it. Um, I uh, do my, uh, a lot of times in the morning, I shower at the gym, get ready at the gym, um, use their towels, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So nice, you nice. can really game the system and, and really live your life out of the gym. Um, so for me, it's it's worked out well. Personal trainers, I have some friends that are personal trainers. Um, I have not had a need to get a personal trainer. I think looking at it, I probably could use one uh, for maybe weight training, not so much for cardio. But I haven't had a big need or big desire 
to get a personal trainer. So Jody, what are your thoughts when it comes to gym memberships and personal training? I love I love my gym membership. Uh, we go to the YMCA. Uh, we have a family membership there. It's awesome. You know, you got the not only the gym equipment, but you got the pool. You got the classes. You got a whole bunch of things. Um, and they just built a new building with a basketball court and everything. So it, it's terrific uh, and really cost effective for us for our family. So that's awesome. Personal trainers. I've worked with personal trainers in the past. I think they're terrific. Um, and I think it all comes down to what you want to accomplish. Um, and let's rewind the tape a little bit, right? You don't need a gym membership to work out. You can do sit-ups and push-ups and, you know, and lift, lift a couple of black beans in your living room. If that's where you are in your fitness regimen, you don't have to spend money on it. There are plenty of ways that you can and just go online, go on YouTube, go anywhere. You've got this amazing device in your hand that gives you all kinds of information. It's incredible. Um, Figure out how you can start working out at home. I rewind back to a couple of years ago um, when I was trying to get back into a workout regimen. Um, and I found some YouTube videos that I got up in the morning. All it was was it was classified as yoga, but it basically was just stretching. And that's all I was doing was getting my body moving. So if that's where you are, start there. Um, and then work your way up and then maybe it becomes you know, running or maybe it becomes walking in your neighborhood. You don't need a treadmill to walk. You can walk in your neighborhood, and if it's really cold out, put on a jacket, you know, or bundle up in the morning. Um, walking is not hard; we all do it. Um, that can be a great way to get started on a on a fitness routine, and then maybe you build up to the place where uh, a personal trainer is called for, because I think they're great and they can teach you lots of great ways to um, push your fitness regimen to the next level. Um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm a fan of it. But again figure out where you are and then take those steps. Yep, that sounds great. And I, I think you hit it on the head and I was about to say that was start today by taking a 15 minute walk. Go outside, walk around. Everybody, look, let, let's be honest about this, right? Everybody should take a 15 minute walk after dinner if you can, if you work it in, and you can work it into your schedule. You can figure out some way to do it. And maybe it's not after dinner, maybe it's after lunch. Everybody should take a 15 minute walk every single day. And that doesn't count walking from your car into your office or from your car into the grocery store. A, a dedicated 15 minute walk every day is minimal fitness, fitness regimen. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. And one last thing on the gym memberships, um, even though they're not mandatory, as, as we just said, you could work out any way you need to without a gym, um, shop around, uh, look at multiple gyms, ask for a free pass for a week uh, or a couple of days to check it out. Um, don't jump in. Don't go into long-term commitments. Don't pay a lot of fees up front. If you see a lot of those things, please walk away. Uh, gyms are so competitive now. Um, most of the time, it's month-to-month, -month, um, sub $50 a month. Usually, could be $20 a month. Don't get tied up into all the hidden fees and jargon. So if they start pulling out all these big contracts, I would go to a different gym. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. Flip side of that, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who said that they had a bunch of friends who had signed up at a gym, but they were waiting to start until this coming Monday, January 6th. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was the same. She's like, you signed up. Why would you wait? <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Guaranteed Jump right those, in. Guaranteed those people will not be at the gym on February 1st. Well, we joke about this at my gym. I had this conversation because it happens every year, and I've been going to the gym for many years now. Uh, between January and mid-February, um, we have the resolutioners that show up. So a lot of new faces hit the gym, and usually everything calms down by the second, third week of February. The, the, the locker rooms become less crowded. The machines become less used. Uh, and, and for those of you um, who have not witnessed that phenomenon, 
It's true. And it is true. So, Jody, to your point, people will probably uh, bolt after the first month and a half. Oh, yeah. It's so. like it's like traffic on the roads in the first week in September where the kids, all the kids go back to school and you pull out onto the road to go to work. And it's like, where did all these cars come from? It's That's same, right. It's the same thing, right? Now, maybe there's a benefit to when I go to the gym, which is at 5 o'clock in the morning. Only the crazy people are there at 5 o'clock in the morning. So I don't see that as much. Yeah, I, I'm there at 5 as well. And that's another good point is if know yourself. If you think that you want to get a gym membership, but it's kind of a don't make a knee-jerk reaction decision to a resolution. Uh, commit to the gym. Know you have the time. And, and, and like you said before, Jody, um, as soon as you sign that paperwork, bring a gym bag with you. That's what I did in December of 11. I walked into the gym. I signed the membership, and I went to the locker room. I said, where's the locker room? And I jumped on a machine right away. So That's awesome. Yeah, don't, don't shortchange yourself. you got to jump in you with both feet. So I'm going to switch gears to, to good food, organics, whole food, uh, fresh direct. There's all kinds of different uh, foods out there that you consume. And for us in our family, like I said at the top of the podcast, a lot of fruits. I'm not necessarily an organic, organics person, um, but I could see the value in it. Uh, my kids um, have learned a lot of lessons from us not having a lot of junk food in the house. So believe it or not, we have seaweed crisps and granola bars and nuts and berries and fruits and yogurts. And we don't keep a lot of junk. We try to buy good food and the kids have picked up on that. So we don't have a lot of, I'm going to lack of a better term, crap in the house. We keep a lot of good food in the house. Uh, Jody, what's your take when it comes to good food and, and the different, uh, where, you, where you buy your food? I don't think you have to be afraid of good food. Um, to your point, Paul, you know, you can keep that stuff in the house. Um, some of it's going to work for you. Some of it isn't. Um, but also this good food, you know, we'll just create the term good food. It also doesn't taste the way it used to taste, at least I think, um, you know, I can remember, you can get, you can get um, tasteless yogurt or you can get flavored yogurt. It's still yogurt. Um, read the label, make sure you know what's in the package, obviously, make sure it's not a bunch of junk that's in there that's making it taste good. Um, but you can get stuff that, that doesn't taste lousy. And look, you can get the unflavored yogurt and put honey in it. You can put, you can put chocolate syrup in it if you want to. Um, the point being, is start with the base of the good food and flavor it up a little bit and make it and make it suit your taste. Um, but don't eat the stuff that comes out of bags because that stuff costs more too. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, pivoting back to the point of the podcast, um, that all that prepackaged food, it costs more. It's easier to buy, but it costs more. That's very true. That's very true. So, and that's where you really have to do the math. And I know for some of you listening, um, you know, budgetarily, uh, you think that buying good food might be more expensive, but really do the numbers and focus and give yourself a chance to, to put some good food in the house if you're not doing it. And you'll see, you'll not only probably spend less money, you'll feel better eating that food. So I think that I think there's some good stuff to be had when you're buying good food and putting good food into your body. So speaking the other of, thing, to, yep. the other thing to say is that when you when you eat good food, you don't get hungry as quickly as you do when you eat junk. Um, you know, you can grab a bag of chips and satisfy that that craving that you have at like one thirty. I guarantee you by two thirty, you're hungry again. Um, when you eat good food, it lasts you longer. What a great point. Yeah, that is a great point that I forgot. Um, when I lost my 
Uh, and that was one of the points I did many years ago. I have another document in my archives where people would ask, uh, how did you lose all that weight? I got like 80 pages <laughs> of notes. And I believe that was one of them, right? Is you want to make sure that you're eating good food with good nutritional value uh, that will keep you less hungry uh, for a longer period of time. And then you're going to eat less of it, and then you're going to spend less on that food. And and focusing back on the financial piece of our podcast here, you know, when you, you can you buy better food, it costs you less money. You buy less of it, that costs you even less money. Now you're in a place where you're making good choices, um, and and you don't feel like you sacrificed anything. That's awesome. Yep, I love those points. All good stuff that I wasn't even thinking about. I love. That's why I love the collaboration of the podcast with the two different minds going at the same time we do so well of bouncing off of each other i you know and so i think that it, it always works out well when we have these oh, paul, podcasts. i love you too oh i love you <laughs> love too. you too pal uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah it, it's it's good stuff good stuff so i guess the next topic is mind and body right so uh for me i mentioned yoga uh for others it might be yoga it might be therapy it might be um anything to do with the mind tying to the body so kind of focused on yoga for me it's about the stretching it's about the mindfulness um, so for me it was very valuable uh, like I said before I try to do it at least once a week if I had the opportunity to do it every day I probably would go to a class but once again to your point Jody you do not need to go to a class to do mindfulness training yoga exercise you could do all that at home uh, you could do it all on the floor you could buy yourself a cheap mat for $10, $15, look at a YouTube video. But that's another avenue of health that is low cost. And I believe not only will it help your body, it'll help your mind, it'll help you think better. And I think you get a lot of value out of it for very little dollars. So Jody, what is your thought when it comes to yoga, therapy, mind and body? Totally agreed. I think it's a, a really important part of any fitness program and it can help you keep your head screwed on straight, um, think through stuff uh, and make better choices. Cool. Cool. And then I'm going to switch gears on, uh, again uh, as we go through our topics list. Um, good healthcare plans, right? So at my job, we get offered a number of different plans, everything from the lowest cost plan to the highest cost plan. I always go for um, the middle of the road to the highest cost plan. I usually don't go cheap when it comes to my health. Um, I like the health plans that may reimburse for gym costs. Um, and I like the plans that and I think most of the plans do this, uh, whether it's dental, medical, you get your regular checkups uh, as part of the plan. And I'm a big believer in if you're paying for health insurance, because I hear a lot of people that say, I haven't been to a doctor, I haven't had a physical in years. Go every year, right? Once again, the preventative maintenance, get your bloods checked, get your health checked, get your weight checked, get everything checked. You're paying for it anyway. If you're paying for any type of health plan, that's all built into the cost of owning, and I say owning that health plan, and you have to own your own health. So go for those regular dental checkups, go for the medical checkups, get all your tests done on a needful regular basis. Dental is usually three to four times a year. Uh, medical is usually once per year at a minimum. Uh, Jody, what are your thoughts when it comes to good health plans and regular checkups and, and, and visits? They're critically important. They're critically important for two reasons. One, it's your health. Um, you know, you've only got one you don't screw it up. Um, you don't, you know, it's, it's very costly on all levels to fix major problems. And by diagnosing small problems, when they come up through regular checkups, you're going to avoid those very costly, 
um, uh, fixes down the road, um, both financially and personally. I mean, you know, get, you know, being in the hospital for three days to fix something that you could have fixed three years ago with a regular checkup um, is a pain in the butt on every level. Um, luckily, I've never had, knock on wood, I've never had any major health problem. Uh, I am guilty of, you know, skipping doctor visits. I, I go to the doctor once a year. I'm guilty of skipping dentist visits, and I got to get to the dentist. Uh, and my wife reminds me that I also have to get my eyes checked because I squint at everything. But other than that, um, I, I go regularly. I think it's really, really important. And uh, to your point, Paul, with the financial piece of things, um, your health insurance, if you have it through work, through your employer, should provide for those regular checkups free of cost, uh, free of charge. Dental should be the same um, uh, for regular checkups. You know, the kids go for regular checkups every uh, twice a year. Um, we actually do something different with financially. We we have we subscribe to the medical plan, but we flex our dental, so we pay out of pocket for the dental. But then there's also this uh, this rebate program that my wife found online where you buy it out of pocket. I think it's like 200 bucks for the year, and then it gives you rebates on any kind of extras that go along and are uh, with with a dental visit and our our kids are into the area where there are some little extras not cavities or things but little extras that are starting to pile up inside of their dental visits so um, that's really effective too so do your homework maybe we can find that uh, that membership and, and post that on the Facebook page yeah that would be great and I think that this might be another podcast topic we're not we're by no means healthcare experts and you have to really really do your own research but it might I be think, worth another podcast i think podcast. people know that i think people know that after listening to what i just said they know that we're not, i'm not a healthcare expert <laughs> <laughs> well there's so many different plans right there's hsa and there's there's health care savings accounts there's flexible spend accounts there's your health care there's the different priorities and the different and everyone's got a different priority when it comes to health care depending on your life situation so maybe that is another podcast that will will dive deep into uh, health plans and and uh, medical costs and and stuff like that. Um, you said something very important at the top of the podcast, Jody, and that's including the kids, right? So I know that you guys have that YMCA gym membership, and you make it a family affair, which I didn't realize until you brought it up today. I think you've talked about it in the past, but the family swim time, the family gym time, family basketball. Um, I think it's such a great way to get the kids up and out of the house from. In, back of the screens and out from behind the screens, I should say, and into uh, the gym. So I should do more of that. Uh, my son wants to go to the gym with me. And, and in fact, as we speak, um, I have an email out to the gym that I go to. And we're looking to restart my son's membership because we want to make it a goal to uh, maybe work out on the weekends together at a minimum. And once again, he won't get full benefit of that gym membership because it doesn't drive right now. So he wouldn't be able to really go too much during the week. But once again, I don't put a price on the health. So for me to spend an extra $30 a month for his gym, um, I think it's worth it to get him out of the house, get him working and do a little bonding time uh, with the family. What is your take when it comes to including the kids? Absolutely essential. I mean, not only is it fun, you're also creating good habits, lifelong habits. You know, our kids do what they see us do. Um, that's That's the most important teacher for them. And so... Uh, getting them into a habit of just understanding that you got to get up, you got to move, you got to get outside. You know, I have a rule, especially in the warmer weather, sun's out, you're out. Um, put down the, put down the controller, put down the screen. Um, 
not you know not all day long i don't i don't mean you're out six hours a day like i you know like paul i think probably you and i where our generation was you know we we, when we left the house at six o'clock at nine o'clock in the morning on our bicycle and didn't come back until dark um just because we didn't have screens or we had very limited screens um but you know get out there have fun create those habits with your family and then pivoting back to the financial side of it make sure that you can work that piece you know you talk about money well spent work that piece into your into your regular budget to make sure that you can afford it and that you're having fun with it. Yeah, very good point. And one last point that I want to kind of bring up is the rebates or the lower cost of life insurance. There is a benefit to being healthy. And just to kind of give you a little insight to that, when my son was born, um, I was 100 pounds heavier at least. Um, I got life insurance, term life insurance uh, for myself. It was very expensive because of my weight. Um, after I lost the weight, I revisited uh, my life insurance plan. It was dramatically lower, the cost. Dramatically. Like yeah, not, not surprising difference. and amazing, right? Yeah, not, not, yeah. and so I re-upped. I think I doubled my coverage for half the money. So just something to keep in mind that there are a lot of financial benefits to being healthy. So with that, I think I'll just jump into the summary recap, and I'm going to repeat what I've said at the top of the podcast, what I said in the middle of the podcast, and what I just said now. My recommendation is you cannot put a price on health. Work it into your budget. Make it a priority in your budget. Jody, what is your um, summary recap for this week when it comes to health and, and, and finance? Fully agreed. It's the most important thing you can do for yourself. It's the most important thing you can do for your family. And you put it in the perspectives of good financial planning. Uh, and we're just talking about life insurance there. If you want to make sure that you're – you're one, creating good habits for your kids, but want to make sure that you're around for your family as long as you can be around, take care of your health. Um, you, you cannot put a price on it, Paul. You're totally right, and that should be the takeaway from today um, on so many levels. It is so important um, for yourself, for your family, for your financial future to put time and energy and a little bit of money into your health. Very cool. Yeah, Jody, thank you. I always love your recaps, <laughs> so they're always great. Um, well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everyone. Be well and thank you.